0: Star Wars 7x7 episode 3367. Today we're going to get to do that deep dive episode for Far Far Away which is part six of the Ahsoka series and in particular we're going to be talking about that element of galactic prehistory and folktales to which we were introduced the Witch kingdom of the nath Punch it! <laughs> Rebel Razer, I'm Alan Voidot and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars Joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So in the sixth part of the Ahsoka series, Far Far Away, we are introduced to the concept of the Great Witch Kingdom of the Dathomiri, which seems to have originated on the planet Peridia in an entirely different galaxy from the galaxy that we know and love, the galaxy Far Far Away. And as Morgan Elspeth talks about, this is a time out of mind situation, even before time had been counted, according to her, which makes it then very probably even prior to the events of the Dawn of the Jedi, where we're going to start seeing the very origins of the Jedi Order once the strike ends and James Mangold's movie gets underway. And at least as of the time of this recording on Thursday evening, it seems maybe there's a little... Hope for once in that situation, but you know, I digress. So, we understand this to have been an ancient society and that. The ancestors of Morgan Elspeth, and presumably then the ancestors of the Night Sisters of Dathomir, once harnessed the Great Pergil, the Great Star Whales, in order to get themselves out of that galaxy and into the known galaxy, if you will. However, this does get a little bit confusing because we are introduced to the idea that the route between galaxies is a migratory path for the Pergil, for the Star Whales, and yet, they go to Peridia to die. So this is the end of their migration path and this is where they go to their final resting place. However, that can't be the entirety of the story. It can't be just this one-way trip because how is it possible that Sisters left Peridia on star whales in the first place, if the, the whales that came to Perdia actually just died there, and that was it. So clearly, there's more about Pergil migratory habits and patterns and lifespans that has still, you know, has to be introduced to us. Basically, now speaking of the Jedi, for a start, it is kind of strange that the Great Mothers would be able to look at Sabine and say it reeks of Jedi, and for a couple of reasons, basically. Number one, what experience do they have of Jedi? Like, they've been locked on this planet, and does that mean that word has gotten back to them about the Jedi? Does it have to do with the threads of fate and destiny that they're able to see through their dark magic they can see across galaxies to understand and relate to Jedi? Or is this stuff that they've heard from Thrawn and somehow they're able to piece it together? There's definitely some unanswered questions (laughs) along those lines. But Speaking of the Jedi, the fact that the Jedi have stories about the Great Witch Kingdom of the Mary and about Peridia and about Pergil's going to this graveyard, it's like they have their own copies of myths and fables and dark legends like the books by George Mann but apparently these fables also talk about some other power outside the galaxy which is why Balin Skoll is saying yeah I think there's something maybe that the Great Mothers are trying to escape from that's actually dangerous to them and the fact that the three rotations are necessary in order to load up Grand Admiral Thrawn's starship with those containers may be the evidence of that because in the audio description, one of the things that is new that we get to hear is that the containers resemble coffins. That's how they're described in the audio description. And that's really the only you know particularly fascinating thing that the audio description gives us this time around even just those giant stone statues all we get is that it's just the carved face of an ancient statue but we don't get any other background details like we sometimes do with the audio descriptions whatever the case we're starting to learn about the type of powers that these night sisters these great mothers have and that includes being able to communicate across dreams and do that across galaxies which is pretty astounding. There's some sort of dark magic thing that they're able to do, which we don't yet know what the deal is with it, but Thrawn has clearly invoked their dark magic on more than one occasion, and he's about to again at the end of this episode. There's also some ability to see the future in that they're able to ascertain the fact that somebody else is coming that you know it's probably going to be Ahsoka Tano or at least that's what Thrawn reasons which you know he does very accurately naturally but they're not foolproof, right? The fact that Sabine Wren is on the ship, you know, arriving on Peridia with all of our, you know, (laughs) all of our bad guys and whatnot, they didn't see that coming. That was a loose thread as they referred to it. So even though they do seem to possess some ability to see into the future, they are also able to be surprised. Now there is one other question that is kind of kicking around through all this. We've seen how Thrawn is willing to follow the letter of the law, and not the spirit of the law when it comes to agreements that have been made, whether with Sabine or with Balin Skull, right? He's willing to leave them behind. He says our primary objective is to get off of this planet, get out of this galaxy, and everything else is secondary. So he has to decide, I guess, whether the great mothers are also key to that primary objective or whether he's going to end up leaving him behind. I have a feeling that he will end up taking them with him, but once he is back in our known galaxy, their purpose may be done for him. But then again, if he is going to betray Balin and Shin and they're going to end up fighting on the side of the angels, so to speak, then yeah, it would probably be a good idea to keep some Night Sisters around to kind of buffer you against that you know very unpredictable jedi slash unaligned force user problematic <laughs> villain situation for yourself. I'm saying they're villains from Thrawn's perspective, of course. And there's one other thing I wanted to share with you, which is the fact that I went digging on where Dathomir is in the galaxy as compared to where Setos may be in the galaxy and whether that has any connection with going from Setos to Peridia. Could you do the same thing going from Dathomir to Peridia? It doesn't seem like that's the case. They are definitely in different star systems and different sectors of the galaxy entirely so yeah there's definitely more to the story of the migration of various dathomiri ancestors into the known galaxy but now thanks to this episode and this series we have open the door to possibility for an epic tale about the Great Witch Kingdom of the Dathomiri and its history over time, the rise and fall of it, if you will. It opens the door for some very intriguing new Star Wars content down the line that I hope they pursue. And that's what I've got for you on our Deeper Dive episode into the most recent episode of the Ahsoka series, that's Part 6. Far, far away, and that is going to do for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited Other their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyrighted by Star Wars 7 by 7 We hope you love it